From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Wednesday, October 5th. Do you remember Adam Newman? When you talk about me, I can take it. When I'm ready, I will answer the things that need to be answered or not. The WeWork co-founder and former CEO who stepped down in 2019 in a cloud of accusations about eccentric behavior, sky-high expenses, and general extravagance. Or the Adam Newman immortalized in an Apple TV miniseries starring Jared Leto about the rise and fall of that WeWork empire. Well, that Adam Newman is back with bonus crypto and an exceptionally large $350 million check from the venture capitalists over at Andreessen Horowitz. I think because I'm very comfortable talking about the lessons, I'm very comfortable sharing what it is that worked and didn't work. Entrepreneurs are coming faster than ever before. Here to discuss what he's up to and why the word flow is the new we is Bloomberg reporter Hannah Miller. He did take this startup, raise a bunch of money, get it to be worth over a billion dollars, you know, and they want to see what he can do in the crypto space, if he can maybe do something similar. Hannah, welcome back on the show. Thank you for having me. You are normally in our SF office, but here you are in New York today. And I like that for lots of reasons. It's good to see you. But also there's something about the geographic, I don't know, ness of us about to talk about a dude who got a lot of credit for marketing, co-working spaces and, you know, community and the sense of being together. And it's all about we. Because, yes, we're going to talk about Adam Newman today, where you are, who is somehow back But before we get to how he's back, would you remind our listeners of where he was, what he was doing, and why he disappeared for a while? Yeah, so he had a meteoric rise with WeWork. It was insane how big they got and how quickly they were able to raise funds. WeWork was focused on building communal workspaces all over the world. Adam Newman was the founder, the CEO, and he really, really sold it. And they had, you know, different locations throughout the U.S. and they were planning to do this big, big IPO. And that's when things started to get really crazy. Their S-1 came out, lots of pictures. An S-1, what's an S-1? It's a filing that a company has to give to provide information about what they're doing, who they are prior to going public. Mm -hmm. 
And in this S1, you know, he really laid out this vision for WeWork, you know, was filled with photos and images, was not your typical S1. (laughs) And really, people were struck by the amount of power he had within the company. You know, he had super voting rights that could give him the ability to clear the entire board. He had immense control over the company, as did his wife, uh, Rebecca Newman, who Mm -hmm. was also quite the force. And people grew concerned. Not helping things was the fact that there was questions of whether this was a workable business model. If they could be as profitable as they claim to be, there were similar companies with very similar business models worth not nearly as much mm-hmm. as we work. And eventually he was ousted as CEO. So the big news, of course, is not a huge surprise, but Adam Newman, the colorful founder of the company, is stepping down. He's going to be decreasing his voting control of the company. These are all things that some of the investors in WeWork, like SoftBank, had been pushing for. And the company did go public. It is now worth significantly less than what it claimed to be. It was valued at $47 billion at one time. It now trades at about $3 billion. Just to emphasize everything that you're saying about this S1 filing, here are some of the headlines that I pulled from that momentous August 2019. CNBC, the strangest and most alarming things in WeWork's IPO filing. The Verge, WeWork isn't a tech company, it's a soap opera. Business Insider, the energy of we. People are roasting WeWork for its cultish IPO filing. Fortune, reading WeWork's S1 is like staring into Adam Newman's soul. These are not the kinds of things that financial media organizations generally write (laughs) when a company is declaring its intent to go public. It's things like, here are the risk factors, you know, here's the expected, blah, blah, blah. Instead, this was just a kind of a collective WTF (laughs) around the world. And so, as you said, you know, the meteoric rise of Adam Newman was followed by a pretty precipitous decline in his personal fortunes, although he seemed to have made out pretty well into, you know, WeWork as an entity itself. But now it's basically two years later and he's back. What's he up to? He's into crypto. Of course he is. <laughs> yes. So we've seen two startups that he's helped found. One is called Flow Carbon, which uses blockchain to track carbon credits. And he and his wife, Rebecca Newman, they helped found it, but they don't have operational roles. The other company is more, I would say, his baby. It's called Flow. As you might have noticed, Flow is Adam Newman's new favorite Flo word. Flow is the new we. It is the new we. Okay. Oh. So, you know, got to keep that in mind. So Flow is a real estate startup, and we don't know too much about it. There are still a lot of details that we have no idea what they are. And one thing, though, that we did learn about Flow is that it's coming out with a digital financial services wallet that will allow people to interact with cryptocurrencies. So there is a clear crypto element as of right now to Flow, though things are subject to change. Who is writing the check? Surprise, surprise, it's Andreessen Horowitz. It's a $350 million check. It's very large. <laughs> Extremely large. Shows a lot of faith, a lot of confidence. Mark Andreessen like, wrote a whole blog post singing Adam's praises, singing Flo's praises, talking about why they invested in this new startup. And in the Adam Newman 1.0 story, 
the equivalent would have been SoftBank that had provided these large checks. $350 million, even by the standards of crypto, is a dramatic amount of money. There are hedge funds in crypto that launched with initial funds of like one and a half to two billion, of which 350 million is a very large chunk. Is this the largest check that A16Z has ever written to a single founder? I think it's definitely it definitely ranks up there. It is a big check. So far, Adam's really been the main person connected with Flow. You know, we don't know about any co-founders. And it is a huge vote of confidence, a major stamp of approval, because A16Z is a formidable force mm-hmm. within the crypto industry. Their crypto investing team is massive. They are constantly writing checks. They are really gung-ho about the space. So is this a A16Z bet on Newman? Is this a bet on crypto? Is it sort of some combination of the two? How should folks understand where this conviction is coming from? Yeah, I think it's a combo of the two. And it's kind of interesting because I think from a normal person's perspective, it's like, why would you ever back this guy again, you know, after what happened with WeWork? He's great at marketing. Yeah. And I think after speaking with venture capitalists in the crypto space, you know, there is this idea that you can't back somebody normal. You (laughs) have to back an extraordinary person with this incredible vision who can sell what they're building. And Adam really fits that profile. You know, say what you want about him, but he is not normal. He is not normal. And he knows how to get attention to his projects. What worries me is the fact that the thing that he is primarily known for is a as a marketing founder, kind of a salesperson. I'm not sure that crypto necessarily needs more hype. It has a sort of a built in mechanism for providing that on its own. Do we have any evidence that Newman has crypto experience of any kind? You know, you mentioned that there are no other known kind of who the operators will be, if not him. Where do we think some of that talent might potentially come from to make this successful as a business? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to have to bring people on who really know the space. You know, this is a shift for him in comparison to where he was at with WeWork. He's clearly intrigued by it, though, and mm-hmm. looking at Flow Carbon, looking at Flow. It'll be interesting to see with Flow if they kind of bring on more crypto operational people to help run this. He's going to have to get a lot of talent, right, to sort of to build out this team, people who are actually familiar with crypto. Where do we think that might come from? The talent pool in crypto is growing as we see more companies do layoffs. There are people still transitioning over from traditional tech companies who are excited by the space. I think he is going to have to to build out a team mm-hmm. to do this. And it's pretty interesting to see what other applications they could use crypto for. These plans could change, but right now there is no plan to tokenize real estate rentals or ownership with crypto. Right. So this is not a we put your apartment on the blockchain startup. As of right now, no, not at all. And it's going to be exciting to see what happens. And we also we have to keep in mind this is an all-encompassing financial services wallet. It's not just crypto. You can have your bank account in it. You know, you can you know, do other stuff. So he might have to also pull in people in, from traditional finance. We'll be right back with Bloomberg reporter Hannah Miller on how entrepreneur Adam Newman is stepping into the world of crypto. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, 
the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. There is a very crypto-specific part of one of the startups that's Flow Carbon, and that is the the GNT. Yes. The Goddess Nature Token. Yes, the Goddess Nature Token. Basically, they're using these token bundles to represent carbon credits on the blockchain. And both Adam and Rebecca Newman are super into nature. We know Adam is a huge surfer. And, you know, they also made the environment a big part of their focus when they were at WeWork, like banning meat in Mm -hmm. the communal kitchens, you know, things along those lines. So it's very interesting that they've chosen to sort of take this track with crypto, which is often criticized to be not environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an exciting use case in that they're doing carbon credit tracking. We've seen other projects kind of do this. Chia is one I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't really taken off yet, I would say. So it'll be interesting to see if Flow Carbon can ship that up. Is the Goddess Nature token trading anywhere? Like, Does it currently have a price or is it still sort of up in the air as it relates to Flow Carbon itself? So they actually delayed the token launch because of Crypto Winter. Mm-hmm. So we have to see more details. I mean, reports have circulated that, you know, Flow Carbon shutting down, things like that. But I, I think it, they're just kind of in a holding pattern right now waiting to see what happens, waiting for the right time to release this token. You have in the past reported on pretty extensively one of the bigger criticisms of, you know, like VC concentration in terms of initial access to crypto projects. The idea, for example, that if folks are delivering tokens to insiders as a way to encourage participation in the project, a lot of those insiders are going to be the venture capitalists who are also backing the project. So we've got that. We've got that kind of inherent underlying tension about something that's supposed to be democratizing finance. We also have the fact that A16Z is emerging as they're functionally not just the biggest fish in crypto, but sometimes they feel like the only in the entire ocean, particularly as it relates to what they like to call Web3. How are, in your observations or reporting, other people in crypto kind of reacting to this dominance where you have this one founder who... He's very good at being in the limelight. You have this one very large, very powerful VC entity. You know, when their power is combined, TBD. But in the meantime, is it taking the oxygen out of the room for anybody else who might be thinking about flu carbon trading or just carbon trading in general or anybody else who might be looking for different kinds of funding? Yeah, no, I think it's a mixed response among crypto VCs. There are crypto specialized venture capital firms that are just as big on the space as A16Z. And I know there are some crypto native VCs, you know, VCs that know all about crypto, focus on it. This is their bread and butter. 
who have some resentment towards mm-hmm. A16Z. You know, they see them as maybe not fully committed into the space because they have so many other areas that they invest in. You know, there's this definitely a divide between, quote, the Sandhill set and crypto native VCs. However, I think during crypto winter, people are just warming up to anything that mm-hmm. comes into the industry. I had one VC tell me, well, the fact that A16Z was able to write such a big check shows that there's capital still flowing into this industry. Well, I just want to pause there. A16Z has like $35 billion worth of ability to write checks. You know, 350 is a, is a large check, but by their standards, it's a tiny fraction of risk to to their overall. So is that really... Do you think it's possible to extrapolate from this like unique situation across the entire industry? Yeah, I think people want to do that. Right. <laughs> is that really the case? That's still up for debate. It is a small fraction of what of A16Z's war chest, but the fact that people see this big money coming in and this big name with Adam, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he definitely has a mixed reputation, but he's still a name that you know, mainstream people recognize that people in the crypto space. TV series. Exactly. Like he, you know, he has notoriety. Mm -hmm. And I think people also see that he does have somewhat of a track record of success with WeWork. I mean, he did take this startup, raise a bunch of money, get it to be worth over a billion dollars, you know, and they want to see what he can do in the crypto space, if he can maybe do something similar. It's interesting that you analogize, you know, to very a certain flavor of tech metrics of success, which is he was an incredible fundraiser and he was a financial engineering wizard, which for a lot of startups in crypto are two of the things that they also really care about. Right. The idea is you want your token to be worth as much money as possible. You want to have the ability to have access to liquidity, especially in a crypto winter like this. So if you you know, if you assess him by that standard, I'm I'm sure there are many folks in crypto who are like, yeah, that that is a bar that we would like to reach. The the challenge is going to be building out an actual company around this, because as you've mentioned, many folks have been trying to make you know carbon credits and the blockchain happen in, in one capacity or another, and have struggled to reach beyond interesting pilot projects or you know relatively small things. So. For good or for ill, that that industry is getting a, an injection of a huge amount of money and a huge amount of attention in a very short amount of time. One hundred percent. Yeah. The big question is, is can he back it up? You know, and that's a question that's posed to a lot of founders. But I think with Adam Newman, the stakes are higher because he already has this past with WeWork. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does it. I mean, they're focusing on a problem that a lot of people have, which is a painful relationship with their landlord, rental company, whatever. I think that with Flow, they're trying to find some way to make that easier, more seamless, you know. On the blockchain with a crypto wallet, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're they're talking about maybe doing like a reward system based on blockchain. Again, stuff could change. There's no real clear path yet, I think. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do think, to your point, that seeing who that team turns out to be is going to be very interesting. And we'll probably have you back on to talk more about it when they start making those announcements. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You can find more of Hannah Miller's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal on Bloomberg.com or follow her on Twitter. 
She's at HGMiller29. That's H-G-M-I-L-L-E-R 29. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, is it really possible to make a good blockchain-based video game? What would that even look like? And is there anyone trying to do it right now? We're going to talk about Animoca Brands, a video game studio turned crypto venture capital fund run by Yatsu. They're betting big on making blockchain games happen, alongside a slew of other investments in the crypto arena. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at Crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producer is Sharon Barrero. Associate producer is Ty Butler. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.